the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Big Ten, your daily podcast on the Big Ten Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into Locked On Big Ten alongside our Friday co-host of Locked On Spartans, Matt Sheehan. I'm Nate Dickinson. We've got everything you need to know about the Big Ten Conference every single weekday. I had said every single day before. Someone said on Twitter, you don't have shows Saturdays or Sundays. Accurate. I guess you're right, man. I guess you're right. That's fair. Matt, thanks for joining us here on Locked On Big Ten here on a Friday. The last show of the week. There won't be a show tomorrow. Let's start off here as we are talking linemen this week. As we continue our position previews, we'll get to that. But first, we've got big news coming out of your school here. As you're the host of Locked On Spartans, Bill Beekman, AD at Michigan State, has stepped down. Matt, We'll talk about why all this happened from a big picture standpoint, but I figured you'd be the person to ask with our kind of pulse on the school. What happened here? Yeah, you can probably hear my kid in the background. He's distraught by the news. He he can't even bear the, the news that dropped with Bill Beekman stepping away. This was not supposed to happen for this long. Bill Beekman has been the athletic director for three years, and he was thrust into this role of course, um, in the, the midst of the Larry Nasser scandal, everything going on there. Mark Hollis, the former AD, steps down. He's brought into this interim role. They say, okay, we're going to do a national search. And even outside the athletic department, just in the president's office, like it was total chaos in Michigan State. So they were like, you know what, Bill, I know you don't have any athletic directing experience. How about you just keep the job like on a permanent basis uh, until you get tired of it? Okay, in those three years, uh, he's had to deal with Mark D'Antonio leaving, so bringing on Mel Tucker. There's, of course, COVID. don't know if you guys have heard about that. NIL has happened. Uh, we've done major renovations to Mon Ice Arena. There's been a huge fundraising plan for all the other Olympic sport facilities. So you talk about a three-year stretch that is just absolutely crazy for a guy that was supposed to be an interim AD to step into. Like, pfft. I don't envy that. So, yeah, I, I think it's time. He's probably looking around being like, that was pretty exhausting. Uh, I'm ready to just take a different role in the university right now, and they're going to have someone come in that's more skilled to do it, perhaps. Um, not to say they did a bad job. I think he did as good of a job as he possibly could, considering all the circumstances that surrounded his hiring. But, yeah, it, it's going to be interesting to see who they go with. There's someone within the athletic department already, Alan Holler. I won't bore the audience too much with him, but I think that'll be the guy jumping up soon. He's 50 years old. He's been around Michigan State pretty much his whole life since playing football for the Spartans a few decades ago and had a big hand in hurry Mel Tucker. So I, I think they'll keep it in-house. If not, there's Heather Like at Pitt is a name that's being thrown around. Um, I don't know. It, it, there's a lot of what ifs uh, around right now, but I think they're going to be doing a quick hire because there have been whispers since July that this would happen, but now obviously it's official. Yeah, it's never an easy job, but uh, definitely a little bit harder with what's gone on recently there. So Michigan State down a man, but whoever it ends up that's taking that seat, Matt, I guess the next question is what is at the top of that to-do list for that person? What do the fans, the school, the whole community... C is the most important things. 
Yeah, so the, the, the boring, not-so-sexy stuff is the, the fundraising, right? I mean, I think it's called the MSU Athletic Facilities Plan. Like, it's a major fundraiser for everything that's not football or basketball-related. Now, let's talk about the fun stuff. Uh, it goes without saying, it's probably going to be you're going to hire Tom Izzo's replacement. Like, I got a very hard time believing that Tom Izzo will outlive in tenure, um, not actually in life, but in tenure, the next athletic director. With that said, though, with that said, I, I'm not naive. Like I know that Tom Izzo is probably going to have the biggest hand in naming his successor. Will the select director have a say? Sure. I, yeah, they'll be in talks, no doubt. It's not like they're not going to be on the plane with Tom Izzo interviewing these guys or making an in-house hire. But that's definitely going to be the most interesting thing from like the outside looking in perspective. You know, just hiring uh, you know, the replacement for a generational coach that has given the university 25 incredible years. I yeah, no big deal. So that's definitely going to be the biggest thing on the top of the list for the next AD. Good luck. Go get them. <laughs> it's not an easy job, Michigan State. I mean, it's a power five job. It's a dream job for a lot of people. And there'll be yeah. a lot of applications, I'm sure, for that position. But you're expected as a school with a whole lot less money than some of these other Big Ten schools to be just as competitive in football and basketball every single season. So as far as jobs in the Big Ten go, I, I don't know if there's much more as far as expectations that you can get with the little resources that Michigan State has. Certainly not a poor school by any means, but mm -hmm. when you're talking about going up against Michigan and Ohio State as the main rivals, it's a tough thing to try and overcome. Yeah, that's the interesting thing about being like a, a state fan is always like uh, trying to pimp out our brand, you know, like, yeah, we <laughs> are in the same conference and even more so same division as Ohio State, as Michigan, as Penn State. But still, like, if you look at it from a big picture, like, we still are, like, a top 25, top 30 brand. Yes, like, we share a conference with maybe three top 10 brands, arguably. And, of course, Notre Dame is also kind of somewhat in our metaphorical backyard, or we're in theirs. Who's to say? But, yeah, like, it, it still is a very highly sought-after position, no doubt about it. What does help, though, with the budget thing is that uh, two of, like, the biggest mortgage magnets are MSU grads and the CEO of uh, – Quicken Loans, and then a United Wholesale Mortgage. Both billionaires. Uh, so that helps. That's pretty cool. We got that going for us, at least. That's that's a lot of fun. I'm having a great time with that. <laughs> yeah, we're all reaping those benefits, right? That's, that's mm -hmm. the great point of having the billionaires Absolutely. out there. That that's everyone right. feels the love. Uh, yeah. The trickle-down effect hits everyone, doesn't it? That's <laughs> right, Let's um, move on here. Uh, Michigan State's going to have a new AD at some point. We'll yep. talk to Matt about it whenever that happens. How long do you expect it? Just real quick, when do you think this search ends up coming to an end? Yeah, that's that's uh, tough to say. I would just say quick. I mean, probably like within yeah. a month is what I hope, two two months at, at the very most, just because I'll say for like the 80th time, like there are some fundraising goals that they're in the midst of that are on the very near horizon. So I don't think they want to sit on their hands for too long with this one. Yeah. yeah, jobs like that, the, the longer they stay open, the more money just gets kind of thrown up into the air. So yeah, you know they're going right. to find somebody there at some point soon. But again, let's continue on. The news of the day, maybe, Matt, and again, not even really big news, but just throughout the week, it's continued to grow and grow that Kansas could be the first team to end up getting involved with the Big yeah. Ten in this conference realignment. I believe we talked to you already before about like what it means to have certain schools with certain implications with the football and other things, but as it seems like Kansas is right now the front runner to be the first one to come into the conference. How do you feel about the Jayhawks being that squad, a basketball school in a football situation right now? 
the, the football thing's all fine and well. I mean, if you can get another automatic win in your schedule, hey, Lord knows, especially as a state fan coming off of seeing my team win two games last year, I, I welcome any pretty much automatic victory. Let me knock on wood there really quick. For basketball, it, it, it makes the Big Ten uh, – it puts them right up next to the ACC for the premier conference, no doubt. If not the premier conference, it, it, it pretty much levels the water, no doubt about it. Do I want to see more competition in the Big Ten, though? Like, I don't know, man. It's already hard enough with, like, Purdue. Michigan's pretty good. Wisconsin out of nowhere is good time to time. Like, if it's if it sounds like I'm a coward that's afraid of the competition, yeah, uh, yeah, fine. Then I am. But, uh, hey, on, on a serious note, it would be very exciting uh, for the rest of the Big Ten and any fans of Big Ten basketball because yeah, that's probably as good as you can do for basketball program free agents here in the next – I would – I have to say generation. I don't see Duke, North Carolina leaving necessarily anytime soon. I don't think Kentucky will jump ship from the SEC. So, yeah, this is as good of a basketball program get as you could possibly get in the next few, many decades, I would imagine. Yeah, definitely. No doubt about that. And it's going to be wild to just watch all that, of course, unfold, however it ends up going. And if Kansas ends up being the one to come over, then again. Another great basketball school, and then one of the best in the country as far as the conference goes, was already there before the Jayhawks got here. But again, we'll see what happens as it goes on. A three Big Ten quarterbacks named to the Manning Award watch list given away after bowl season to the best quarterback in college football. Uh, Sean Clifford, Michael Penix Jr., and Graham Mertz, among the 32 people listed in that preseason poll. In other news at our Olympic update, David Taylor, 86 kilogram, as they like to measure it out overseas in wrestling. He won gold there. And Gable Stevenson for Minnesota wrestling won yeah. in heavyweight too, a gold medal. So more medals coming the Big Ten's way as we look at just other news around the Big Ten. Uh, Matt, I'll ask you about those quarterbacks, Mertz, Penix Jr., and Clifford. Are those your top three in the Big Ten right now? We know Ohio State's quarterback is going to be there too, but they don't know who that is yet. That's the thing. It's like I, I would have just straight up put like uh, Ohio State quarterback on the watch yeah. list. I, I, you don't even have to name a name. Just whoever's going to win that job, just put them right there in the watch list. So other than that, though, like the three concrete names that we know, it's very tough to argue against those three. I, I would love to be a buzzsaw and cut against the grain and give you a name. But I, those are the three guys that are clear cut top three in the in the conference right now. Yeah, top three names and probably the uh... – Top three teams, maybe, if you take out sure. again that Ohio State team. If you're looking at that high on Indiana, then maybe. But if you're looking at Penn State and Wisconsin, those are the two schools outside of Ohio State who probably have those biggest team expectations and, in turn, biggest quarterback expectations, too. Well, Matt, we're talking linemen here on today's episode, and we're going to break down the people in the trenches in just a moment. But before we do, we will finish up the news with some lineman injury news as well. Again, not the best thing to talk about, but Jordan Slaughter, offensive lineman for Illinois, has suffered an injury that has put no timetable on his return. It was, uh, I believe, an ankle that he hurt. I don't know why I don't have that gotcha. down in my notes. And then Ohio State defensive end, Tyler Friday, is going to miss most of the season as well. His injury actually wasn't specified, but it was said that he will be out most of the year. He was a starter last year, three sacks out of 18 tackles in 25 games played for Ohio State. So a couple of big, important linemen, one for a really good team and another one of the good pieces on one of the lower-tier teams in the Big Ten out for the season. Uh, Matt, before we get into break, we looked over linemen. I haven't really talked to you yet. We'll talk a little bit in between segments about what exactly stu stuck out to you 
with these people who are the biggest on the field. But what did you think about the units out there and just kind of like what was your biggest thing that stuck out as you were going down these teams and these players that usually don't get the kind of recognition that we're going to give them here today? Yeah, from the offensive side of the ball, it looks like a lot of teams are going to be in, in at least decent shape at the very least on the offensive line. Defensive line, yeah, we're, we're seeing some quite the opposite, I would think. I think there's a, a good deal of teams that are replacing some key players as well. So, uh, hey, Big Ten football is built in the trenches. So this is uh, – I, I love talking about this on, on Lockdown Big Ten, baby. This is this is what makes Big Ten – Big Ten, baby. And punters as well. Linemen and punters. <laughs> We're going to break them down in just a second. The offensive and defensive lines of the Big Ten, the people who are moving the football on the gridiron in the conference. We're going to talk about it with Matt in just a moment here on Locked On Big Ten. Hey, Nate Dickinson here with Locked On Big Ten, here to tell you a little bit more about Built Bar, helping you get the show here today. Built Bar is the place to go for all of your protein needs. They have more than 15 grams of protein per bar with less than 5 net grams of carbs and 5 grams of sugars as well. It's all the healthy stuff you want without any of that unwanted filler, but great flavor too. Built Bar has 100% chocolate in every single bar, and these things taste outstanding. People are loving the new grasshopper flavor. It's supposed to be a little bit of a play on the mint brownie Girl Scout cookies that people like so much. So you can go and try that or any other flavor out right now at BuiltBar.com and save some money by using our promo code LOCKED15. That's LOCKED15 for 15% off your first order at BuiltBar.com. Built Bar, the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team. So you know these guys are legit. That's Built Bar helping you get the show here today. And we thank you, Built Bar. Welcome back into Locked On Big Ten. Everything you need to know about the Big Ten Conference every single weekday. Alongside Matt Sheehan, our Friday co-host and the host of Locked On Spartans here on the Locked On Podcast Network, I'm Nate Dickinson. We've been taking this month before Big Ten football season kicks off to break down every position group and team here in the conference. Today, we've got the lines, offensive and defensive. We're going to combine them into one show here and talk to Matt about the biggest units among the biggest units in the Big Ten. Who is the best of the best? Who is the biggest and the strongest among them all? And Matt, let's just start right there. Ohio State's been the best at just about everything, or at least has been in the conversation for the best in everything we've talked about so far. Quarterback, running back, wide receiver. The offensive and defensive line, it's no different because it's where these kind of recruiting traditions start is getting real strong in the trenches, and Ohio State's been really good at recruiting for a long time. So when it comes to what we're talking about, about pure raw talent here, it's going to be those schools that are the best in recruiting that kind of align with where they're best offensive and defensive lines are coming from here yeah no question about it i mean it's very unfair to just talk about ohio state i mean yeah they're gonna oh no you lost wyatt davis and josh myers oh no we only have 48 five stars to back him up with um yeah i mean it bookended by the two tackles there munford and nicholas petit frere like okay that's uh good luck to every defensive end go get him guys we believe in you. And Penn State, uh, almost kind of the same thing. I mean, we always talk about Ohio State recruiting, but Penn State more than holds their own as well. So it's, yeah, a lot of, a lot of uphill battles for uh, the fellow teams in the Big Ten East. Um, of course, got a shout-out left tackle, uh, Rashid Walker for Penn State as well. That guy's going to have, yeah, a good season as usual. But of the, the little guys, I guess, I don't know. They had a good season last year, so maybe they're not little guys anymore. Uh, jury's still maybe out on them. 
I kind of like Indiana's offensive line here. I, they're only replacing one starter. They're only replacing their center, Harry Kreider. And a lot of their metrics last year actually stacked up pretty well. I mean, the, the good stuff rate, good sack rate. Sure, yeah, you have an elusive quarterback back there, Michael Penix. But, hey, you're returning four guys, and the fifth guy on the outside looking in, potentially getting that starting center job, he has a lot of starting experience as well. So, like, if I'm an Indiana fan, whew, the excitement starts with Michael Penix, obviously, but it continues with the offensive line. What? Whew. Offensive line talk on a Friday, baby. Let's go. This is great. <laughs> <laughs> well, if we're going to stay offensive line, the unit I want to talk about first, if it's not Ohio State, is that big rivalry with Michigan. Because yeah. the Wolverines, I believe, have four starting offensive linemen returning, too. This team last year was not great on offense, but one of the brighter spots was the fact that this offensive line did seem promising. You know it's Michigan, so even if the team isn't producing, as we talked about with the recruiting kind of side of things, Michigan still brings in those five-star, four-star recruits, so you know that talent and just raw athleticism is going to be there on the lines too. Uh, I think if Michigan's going to have a big bounce-back year this year, that offensive line is going to be something that's going to be able to lean on. It's part of the reason why I think the Michigan running game is going to be able to be so successful. But also, Cade McNamara is going to have time to throw back there as a first-year quarterback. I don't know how much it helps Michigan, but as far as like the most impactful units on the offensive and defensive line, at least on the offensive side of the ball, outside of Ohio State, I think Michigan might have a good enough line to really, really help it win an extra ball game or two out there in the Big Ten this season. That's just my first team when it comes to who I think could actually like help a team step up. That Michigan mm -hmm. offensive line seems like it could be a big. Yeah, no doubt about it. And if, if there was one shining spot last year for Michigan, it was that offensive line. It, it, as weird of a year as it was for them, too. Like, I think they had a lot of injuries. Like, they had some COVID issues, too. But it was a rotating cast of characters there on the offensive line. I, I believe they also have a new offensive line coach as well. So I, who knows what that does for them. And, yeah, the, the building block last year, just like you're saying, is that Cade McNamara had some time last year. I think they only gave up eight sacks in six games last year, which that plays. That, that's that's going to be good to, to build off of. And, mm -hmm. yeah, just like you, you also said as well, I, they recruit well. They, they got big bodies. And, unfortunately, that gives them the benefit of the doubt. So that's where we're at right now. I hope All I'm right. wrong. I hope, I hope they stink next year. But, uh, yeah, they, they, they should be okay, unfortunately. <laughs> we'll end up seeing what happens in the rivalry game of yeah. course matters more than anything else and it's a whole lot of fun for us to keep track of the rivalries throughout the year with you guys but of course i want to ask real quickly just going back to what we had with the lines on uh i'm sorry i'm losing my point entirely here as i start my no, you're good. i know i know it's terrible oh We've already said like three or four times outside of Ohio State. I just want to try and kind of clear this up right now. I've been trying to yeah. balance out like how much do we talk about Ohio talking about being the best, but at the same time, like I don't want to shortchange the Ohio State fans. I, I feel like we have said like five <laughs> times already. Well, except for Ohio State, let's talk about what's going on with the rest of these guys because everyone knows they're the it's best. Tough. So I just like I don't know like how much are we supposed to talk about this stuff i don't want to upset anybody purdue fans got upset at me earlier this week because jacob rude came on and accidentally forgot rondale moore was in the nfl they got mad at me because i didn't correct him i was too chicken to way to go right. <laughs> way to go I, I don't know what to do i want to help the ohio state fans make sure they're getting their team coverage but like i don't know do you want to hear how good your team is all the time every single day 
I guess you do, right? God, that sounds like a great problem to have, doesn't it? <laughs> that sounds sensational. I would love to talk about how MSU is going to be just a road grader of an offensive line as, as we march to another 12 and one season. Like, whew, that sounds fantastic. But no, such is life in the Big Ten. It's, yeah, it's unfortunately Ohio State and everyone else. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, that being said, let's move on. Other units to discuss. Sure. What about the defensive line? Because I had a unit in Minnesota that I feel like is going to be really, really improved. Yeah, this year. yeah. They added a defensive tackle in Niles Pinckney out of Clemson, who was more than just a multi-year starter for a national championship team. He was the captain on that defense for a time. So that's obviously huge. When you look at what Minnesota wasn't able to do last year, it basically was just stop the run. A team scored, I, I think, and again, I, I have a little bit more knowledge on the Gophers. I believe it was every game but one teams rushed for at least 175 yards on Minnesota in the seven games that the Gophers played last season. So that team went three and four throughout all of that. Wow. If it can be even a little bit better, you're looking at a good football team. If it can be anywhere close to as improved as I think it could be, we could be looking more like a 2019 Minnesota Gopher that could really compete for that West Side division. We'll see what happens. But as far as line play, both offensive and defensive line for the Gophers, actually, I think are going to be good. But that defensive line is going to be what's really improved and can be what helps Minnesota get back to the form it wants to be at this season. Because there's a lot of returning talent coming back. Pretty much everyone yeah. on that defense outside of Benjamin St. Just is back. And you add in a couple of different transfer players, mainly on that line, Pinckney, to really bring home the point that, hey, we're going to be a sound unit here on this side of the ball. I like what Minnesota has been doing on the defensive line. Yeah, no doubt about it. And in the Big Ten West, too, if we're going to stack them up against everyone else's uh, line, defensive line, a lot have lost some pretty good talent. Like Purdue loses Lorenzo Neal. Iowa lost uh, Chauncey Golston. He was the first team all Big Ten defensive end last year. Wisconsin loses both of their defensive ends in their 3-4 defense. So, yeah, I mean, showing up to the field with all four returning starters and then the transfers that you mentioned – you got to feel pretty good if you're a Gopher fan. Believe me, I understand that just because you have returning starters doesn't mean that life's going to be a-okay. But I, am, am I wrong for just like having pause on last year? Like, I, I, last year was such an odd year for every single team where it's like I, I only give it like a grain of salt of of, of attention. Am I, am I wrong for that? Am, am I just taking the loser's way out, or or is there some credence to that? Do you think? Well, that's been the question, really, is like, yeah. how much do you weigh this? Uh, on the spectrum, you have like Indiana on the one side, which had the great season last year. And you're asking, yeah. OK, how much of that was really them? And then you have on the other side, Minnesota team that was great in 2019, really mm -hmm. just falls off the wagon a bit in 2020. Was that just because of the pandemic? Or is it because Minnesota was starting seven new players on defense in 2020? Right. There are the reasons that you could point to as to why everything happened on the football field but there's also that reason over your shoulder too of COVID-19 that is always going to be there that until we see it honestly this fall we're not going to know and honestly we won't know after it happens either it could easily just be a coincidence that one team gets better or worse but there's definitely going to be if Indiana comes out slow or Minnesota comes out fast out the gate that discussion's not going away anytime soon about how did the pandemic affect this sporting cycle because we're not through it yet it's just now i think like it, someone said we're back like on schedule like now that the nba season that got backed up's done everything's back where it's happening the day it's supposed to in the year yep. but it's still kind of getting that residual effect we have to get through all of these next seasons before i think we're officially out of it out of it so we'll see what happens but 
as far as blaming the pandemic for seasons in 2020, it, it's not going away anytime soon. Fair or not, whether it sure. was the players or the pandemic, the pandemic discussion isn't going to leave it at all, ever, really. Yeah, right on. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Other lines I wanted to talk about here, Matt. Uh, yeah. Uh, really good. I mean, we can talk, obviously, about Tyler Linderbaum, who got player yeah. of the year votes at the Big Ten Media Days. He's right. not going to win that award, but he gets the respect in the preseason that comes with those kind of votes. So you know he's going to be really, really good. Uh, aside from that, Iowa's just all around solid all the time. And when Kirk Ferentz has good lines, Iowa teams are really good. And they're always pretty good, even if he doesn't. So I think Iowa, people at Big Ten Media Days, to speak of that, had them winning that side of the conference a few did over Wisconsin. So it's optimistic there over in Iowa. And I think you have no reason not to with how much experience is coming back on that team. When you think Iowa football, I mean, I personally just think big offensive line, just road graders and, and sensational Hawkeye linemen. So, yeah, I think it's just going to be more of the same this year. No question about it. Um, yeah, I just – Sorry, I'm, I'm gonna. I, I'm just jumping around here just because you know Iowa starts yeah. letter I, Indiana starts letter I, and th- that's just how my my brain works. I'm all sorts of scattered. I got to shout out Indiana's defensive line too. I know we talked about their offensive line, but like Indiana's defensive line, I think I read that they have like eight guys on the defensive line that return with some sort of starting experience. Like I, Indiana was like the cute plucky story last year. I, I got a feeling this is the year where we start to turn and like they start becoming. Uh, annoying now like oh oh no this isn't just like oh love everyone oh hey tom allen hey isn't this all fun and games like no now they're actually going to start to be a problem i think everyone's going to finally start to realize that and i think their trenches uh is going to be a big reason for that as well on both sides of the ball and i don't know if that sits right with me I, i don't know if i'm fully ready to take indiana completely serious for more than a season no that doesn't sit right with me no no the Hoosier fans would tell you that that's really the name recognition behind it that's swaying you the other way. Those Michigan, Michigan State, Ohio State, it's easy to put them up in those rankings. Indiana, sure. not quite basketball season yet. So you have a little bit of nope. time. <laughs> <laughs> you got that right. So, yeah, hey, but do you know what? Good for them. Good for them. I, I, the, the Indiana fans in my life are very pleasant people. So enjoy the fall. So, so one of us has to. Yeah. Go for it. I did want to give one more shout out before we got away from the lines because as we've talked about how Ohio State's kind of the best at anything, a team like Illinois has been someone who's fallen into like, well, they're at the bottom of the barrel and just about everything this season. But I like some of the pieces on the Illini offensive and defensive line. Are they yeah. old there? Absolutely. But they have experienced pieces on both sides of the football. Hopefully, Brett Bielema can get those older guys to teach the younger guys well and hopefully plant some seeds in those trenches where you need to have them and Illinois can get going again. But at least for starting a tenure, as far as where that offensive and defensive line are at, when I looked at it, I expected to see much worse from the Illini. Yeah, I think Illinois only loses one starter on the offensive line, and they're going to be bookended by left tackle uh, Verdarian Lowe, who I believe was either second team All-Big Ten or honorable mention All-Big Ten last year. Regardless... He, he's a very talented offensive lineman and also a guy who I believe is coming in <laughs> like as a five-year starter. Like th- This man has been starting ever since Juice Williams was dropping back at quarterback for the fight in the Lion Eyes. So great experience at the left tackle position. And you're only replacing one other guy. So, yeah, of course you don't really think of Illinois as the actual threat in football. Michigan State fans learned the hard way two years ago that you should respect them. Um, 
I'm over that game. It's fine. Uh, but yeah, I, I, hey, good, good things for, for Illinois on the horizon here, at least in the offensive line, defensive line. I, I'm not saying they're going to win 10 games and go to the Sugar Bowl, but it, there's at least optimism. And that can't always be said in Champaign, Illinois, when it's football season. So there you go. Hey, things can turn around quick. It was they were in that they Rose Bowl. Can. What was it? Fifteen years ago? Two, three now. years ago, I think. Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, five years ago today. That's what it is. That's right. <laughs> Who can forget? Right. Yeah. Well, uh, Illinois has a whole lot to work on, but again, the offensive defensive line is where that all starts. So it seems like they might have a little bit of a foundation. And as far as the rest of the conference goes, as we've talked about, some of the best teams out there are the units with the best lines in the trenches and that's yeah. no coincidence we'll of course break down everything that happens with the lines throughout the season it won't be probably a whole lot that we're talking about those guys but we of course got to get them in here on our position previews is they're maybe the most important on the football field when it comes to making sure that plays get executed right matt we'll be back in just a minute to wrap things up on the show you're listening in to locked on big 10 